We're talking about biblical prayer. Biblical prayer, something we do a lot of, right? We pray, we're Christians, we pray, right? Everybody pray a lot? All right, good. Prayer is so important, and uh, crying out to God is what we should be doing, right? Like as much as possible, crying out to God. Uh, but we're talking about prayer because um, there's some things about prayer that I don't think we, we fully grab onto or fully go deeper in, and that's what this series has been about, and today is our last Last little point on this series about biblical prayer. We've talked about uh, some things. We've explored the who of prayer. We've explored the when, the where, and the what. So we pray to, who we pray to is our Father, Father God, right? We pray through Jesus. We pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. And without all that happening, prayer is not happening. We're just talking. Prayer only happens when we pray through Jesus to Father God with the help of the Holy Spirit who is alive and living in us. If he's not in you, if he's not in us, then prayer really can't happen. You're not talking to God. That's just biblical. Okay? We talked about the when in all circumstances, right? Without ceasing, we pray, we pray, we pray. Not at a specific time uh, or of the day or before our meals, but, but all the time. We're constantly communicating with God as we live as Christians. We talked about the where, the where. It doesn't matter where you are, right? There's no GPS location that you must be at or some direction that you must face when you pray, right? Anywhere, right? And then we talked last week about the what. The what of prayer is not my will, but your will be done. Our goal in prayer is that God's will will be done in me and through me, that it will be about him, not me. And so in Matthew 6, we were in Matthew chapter 6, and we were reading through that, and we ran directly into verse 8 that says this, For your Father knows what you need before you ask. Okay, that's what it says in Matthew 6, verse 8. Your Father knows what you need before you even ask. So that raises this last question, which is, then why pray? The why of prayer. Why pray if God already knows what you need before you even say a word, before you utter a word? God already knows what you need, so why? Why, 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 why? God knows your thoughts. He knows your needs. He knows your hopes. He knows your dreams, right? So, so why are we making requests to God, right? Why pray without ceasing if God already knows? Why? Why do we do this? Why? Well, in a nutshell, we pray to God because we are physical beings, right? We are physical people, and in us is living the Holy Spirit. We are filled with His glorious Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit. Let's use this jug right here. We got the Holy Spirit living in this vessel, this jar of clay. We're flesh. We're made out of flesh. But within us is the Holy Spirit. And that's an important part of what prayer is all about. Without understanding this little detail, prayer is just us talking. So we are physical people filled with His glorious Spirit, and in prayer, we are bringing a couple things together. We're bringing together Father God who is in heaven and the Spirit of God that is living in us. And so prayer is about those two communicating. But we're a part of this. So God has chosen to live in us. So our flesh, our physical being, our jar of clay is a part of the process. And what we're trying to do in prayer is get out of the way. Like get our flesh, get the vessel, get the plastic bottle out of the way so that the Spirit of God in us can communicate with the Spirit of God in heaven as we humble our flesh and we strive to get out of the way. The flesh is like static. 
right? The flesh is like static. You turn on the radio, and there's nothing wrong with the radio, but you get static, right? Got to mess with the antennas. If you had the old TV, you had to bend the rabbit ears a certain way, right? Aim it toward, you know, the north in order to get uh, the, some kind of signal so your picture came in clear. Well, that's what, that's what the flesh is like. It's like static. It has its own set of longings, right? We, our flesh has its own desires. It has its own fleshly wants and wants to be fulfilled with pleasure and stuff. And our job is to, like, get out of the way so the Spirit of God that is living in us can communicate with the Spirit of God in heaven. Okay? And to understand prayer and why we pray, we have got to understand that. There's an authority, right? There's this authority who calls the shots, right? There's an authority who calls the shots, and he has a master plan for everything, and specifically for you. And then, like, there's authority and there's, like, subjects, right? There's workers out there who get tuned in to the master's plan, and then their job is to do what? Carry it out, right? They do it, right? There's the master planner, the commander, and then there's the subjects, the workers, and the commander has the master plan, and he tells the subjects what to do, and their job is to not rebel, not go do what they want, but to obey, to carry out the plan of the master. That's their job. Well, one day Jesus was talking to a man, right? He was a Roman uh, centurion. He was a leader. He was a commander. And he understood this idea of authority. He understood this idea of submission and uh, what it meant to have a chain of command. He got it, right? And so in Matthew chapter 8, just this little story, just listen to it. Jesus entered Capernaum and the centurion came to him asking him for help. He said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers that are under me. I tell this one to go and he goes. I tell that one to come and he comes. I say to this one, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to this, his, those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. There's so much more going on than a man who has authority. There's something spiritual that just happened that Jesus is now pointing out. And he says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed from that very moment moment. See, the guy understood that there's an authority. There's the one who calls the shots, and then there's the subjects who just do it, who just carry out the work. And the problem with the human race is we want to be that, right? We want to be the one calling the shots. We want to be the authority. We, want to, we don't want to be told what to do. We want to be the one telling God what he should do. And that's just not the way it works when it comes to the authority of God. And so in business, right, there's a boss and then there's, there's a crew of workers that are under him and the boss is the authority over them, right? If he says to this one, go, they should go. If he says to this one, come, they should come. The workers comply to the authority, right? Should be, right? Well, in a very similar way, that is exactly what's happening in prayer 
in us, right? Paul said it like this. We've read this verse before, Romans 8, but it's so important that we, we kind of understand what's happening with God, the Father, and the Spirit of God living in us, and then us as we're a part of the process because prayer is trying to get out of the way so the Spirit in us can communicate with the Father so that we can be a part of what God is doing, not what we want to do, right? So we try to get out of the way. Paul said this, Romans 8, uh, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, right? We do not know what we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself, he intercedes for us through wordless groans. Wordless groans. Sorry, I said that wrong. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with whose will? God's will. So check that out. There's some things happening here. There's like, look at those verses. There's three things. There's three parts of this. We see Father God, right? Father God is whose will we're trying to accomplish. It's all about God's will, right? Then there's the Spirit of God that is living in us, helping us, interceding for us with wordless groans like a spirit language to the Father. So the Spirit of God in you, the Spirit of God in heaven are, are trying to communicate. And then he says, then there's us in our weakness, our flesh. We don't even know what we should pray. We need the Spirit in us to help us. These three things are going on in prayer. In prayer, we do our best to get our flesh to comply with the Spirit of God that is in us, to submit, right? To come under the Lordship or to come under the authority of Jesus. Why do we do that? Because the Holy Spirit knows best, right? We don't. Our heart is deceptive. We will do what we want. We will not do what God wants. We will be prone to be led astray by the evil one, by temptation, by pleasure, by the things of this world. We're flesh and we're easily distracted, but the Spirit of God living in us knows best. And that Spirit is the authority. The Father God, Spirit is authority. The Spirit living in us is the authority. And, and our job is to get our flesh, right? Like our passions and our desires and our wants lined up lined up with the will of God. So God knows, right? He knows. He already knows what you need. He already knows what you need, what you want. Therefore, he says in that Matthew 6 passage, there is no need for us to babble on and on and on about our prayer wants. Right? That's what he says the hypocrites are doing. They're babbling on and on with their prayer life, but they're not listening to God. They're doing all the talking. And they're not doing any listening. And so we think about that when we think about when we pray, right? We come together with a group of people, and what happens? We all talk. Right? We all talk. We give our requests to God, which is what God wants us to do. But we spend very little time listening. We spend little, very little time letting the Spirit that is in us communicate with the Spirit of God. And so as we go forward, we've, we've been through this little series on, on prayer. As we go forward, I hope our prayer life, at least when you're in, in a quiet place, will change. That we'll listen more and talk less. Right? That we'll let God speak to the Spirit of God in us and we'll just let God do what He needs to do. He already knows what you need. He already knows what you need, right? 
So why, why should we spend time talking? Prayer isn't about talking. It's spending time with God listening. Right? It's two-way communication. Right? Psalm 46, verse 10 says this. Great verse. Be still. God says, be still and know that I am God. Right? Just be still. Be still. Why is that so hard for us to do? Anybody know? Why is it so hard for us to just be still and listen? It gets uncomfortable, right? We don't know what to do because somebody got quiet in the middle of prayer, and now we just, uh, you know, we're fidgety, right? Because <laughs> we're not used to silence. We're not used to um, that uncomfortable moment of just trying to listen. And when we worship, when we sing, when we sing these songs, that's what also should be happening. Is we're not just saying words to God, but we're, we're trying to, to listen to God in the midst of worship, right? So worship is prayer should be prayer. It should be about prayer. It should be about like God speaking to the Spirit of God that's living in us. It's not just about us talking and singing and we just say, that was nice. It's about what God is trying to do in us. So why? Why do we pray? It's not about the time we pray. It's not about the place we pray. It's not about my list of things that I want. It's not about my will. It's not even about me at all. So why pray? There's some really good reasons, biblical reasons in the Bible that you could, we would almost like, if I said make a list of things why we should pray from the Bible, you'd probably list a few things that go like this. Jesus prayed, right? Jesus prayed, therefore, like, we should pray, right? Following the example of Jesus. He prayed, we should pray. Jesus or the Bible commands us to pray, that we should come to God, that we should lay our requests at his feet. Bible tells us we should pray. We know that prayer connects us to the truth, right? When we pray, we are seeking the truth of God and the Word of God and the Spirit of God to, to live in us and to work through us, right? That's what we're trying to do. That's why we pray. We pray. When we pray, we are demonstrating faith, right? When we talk to God and we pray to God, we're saying, it's not about us. I can't do this, God. I need you. And we're demonstrating that we have faith in, in the God of all creation. Those are those are. In, important and critical and big reasons why and, and powerful reasons why we should pray. But I want to point out to you two really, really big truths about prayer. Just two. That's it. Number one is this. Number one, why do we pray? Why pray? Because in prayer, we get our will, our free will, right? We have free will. God's given us free will, right, Cornelius? Free will. In prayer, we are getting our free will in complete obedience with God. Okay, so just let that soak in. That's what should be happening. That's why we pray. We pray to get our will in submission, in complete obedience to God's will. We admit to, to God our, our desires, right? We get real with God like we have talked about over the last few weeks. We, we pour our hearts. We give God our desires. But in the end, we say, not my will, but your will be done. Right? That's where we end up. We should end up there. We might start a little confused. We may start a little fleshly. But in the end, it should be, not, it's not about what I want, God. It's about what you want in me. And so prayer is about getting our free will lined up with obedience to God, to sift through our fleshly desires and to lock on to God's promptings, right? to God's truth in our life. You've seen the uh, Wendy's. There's a Wendy's commercial out. It's like this mom and um, her, her two kids, I guess. They're laying on a blanket, looking up at the stars, and the mom says, make a wish, make a wish. You know, shooting star, make a wish. You've seen the commercial? 
know what I'm talking about? I'm talking to myself. Okay. Right. Anyhow, there's this cool commercial. It's a Wendy's commercial. And so, um, so the, the little kid, the mom says, make a wish. And the little guy, he's just a little guy, he says, he says, like real honest, like almost with tears, alligator tears coming out. He almost says, I just wish that, that all the people would love themselves, would love each other. And it was, you know, really cool. And then the bigger boy, his name is Jimmy, he says, he says I, I would just love a, a double cheeseburger from Wendy's. And the mother ignores the little guy's desire for love, and she says, Jimmy, that was a great wish. <laughs> All right, you've seen the commercial, you know what I'm talking about. You'll see it now. Well, this is what happens to us in prayer. This is exactly what happens to us in prayer. We get our priorities all mixed up and confused. Like the spirit in us is nudging us toward obedience, but our flesh is so loud. The flesh wants attention, and it wants what it wants. It wants a Wendy's $5 biggie bag. That's what the flesh wants. But the spirit in us wants something more, something different, something deeper. See, Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. That's what Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. In John 14, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit, right? He's speaking about the comforter, the advocate, that he would come and that he would guide the apostles, he would guide them into the truth, that he would make things known to them. Think about that. The Holy Spirit living in them would make things known to them. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit that guided the prophets and the apostles, this same Spirit is living in us. And His work has not changed. In John 16, Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. Okay, he's talking to the apostles. But, but when he, he says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. The spirit living in you won't speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears Right, what he hears. And he will tell you, right, your flesh, what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Do you see these three things that are going on? The Father, the Spirit in you, and your flesh are all trying to come together and work together. And God has allowed us to have like this responsibility to, to control our flesh to be like disciplined in the flesh, to train ourselves up in godliness so that we can put ourselves out of the way and the Spirit of God can communicate with the Father in heaven. That's what's going on in prayer. That's why we pray. And so that can be happening so that, so that together the Spirit in us and then we match that with the Word of God comes to life and God can do things in our life now. Verse 14 says, He will glorify me because it is from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father are mine. All that belong to the Father are mine. That is why I said the Spirit, the Spirit will receive from me and He will make it known to you. That gets pretty clear, doesn't it? We pray to get our free will and the conviction of the Spirit of God to work together. Right? In prayer, God is able, like in prayer, God is able to help us line up with the Holy Spirit and the Father's will. 
We hear our hearts cry, right? We, we discern, like we discern we are in the midst of prayer, in the midst of conviction. We are discerning if it's uh, in line with the truth of God or not. We, we strive to figure out, is this me? Is this my flesh? Or is this the Spirit of God speaking to my heart, to my soul, to my spirit? And so we get our flesh like out of the way and we line up with God's Spirit. God already knows, right? He already knows. He already knows what you want, what you need before you even pray. The confusion and the static, the static and all that confusion is on my end. I'm the one creating static by the things I let come into my life, right? By my attitude, by what I'm doing with my life that is now getting in the way of what God wants to do in me and through me. Right? It's, it, the, the problem is on my end of the connection. And the goal is to, to, to bring that into submission with God, to let my free will get out of the way so that the Spirit of God can work through me. In Matthew 6, that passage where Jesus talked about prayer and he already knows what we pray, oh, he went on to say this in that little worry section. He said, so do not worry saying what you shall eat, what you shall drink, or what you shall wear. For the pagans... You know, those non-believers, they run after all the things that are out there in the world. Right? We're not of this world, right? We are strangers in this world. Isn't that right, guys? We are strangers in this world. It's not our home. He says, your heavenly Father knows that you need them, right? They run after these things, but your heavenly Father, He already knows that you need them. So God already knows. So seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and everything else will be added or given to you as well. So God already knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you, what you are going to pray for. He already knows. He already knows. So why pray? Here's why. Number one, because in it, in prayer, we are battling in prayer to get our will lined up with the Father's will. That's why. That's why. It's not about our list of wants and wishes. It's about getting ourselves lined up with the will of the Father in us. Number two is this. We pray. We pray to, have a, to, to get our will lined up with God, but secondly, we pray to have a relationship with Father God. That's what prayer is about. It's about a relationship with the Lord. And we've reduced it, in a lot of ways, to a wish list for God, right? We close our eyes, we pray, God, be with this person, be with that person, be with that, and those are all really good things. But we've reduced prayer to that to what I need and what I want and my friends and my family and all the things that I can list. God, here's my list. And we, and we think that's what it's all about. But it's about more than that. It's really, at, in the bare bones, if you just strip everything away, you know, you get to the very core of what prayer is about. It's about God wanting a relationship with you. Like first and foremost, not last and least. But first and foremost, it's about you spending time with your Creator. God desires a relationship with His children. He is a good, good Father, right? We sing about that. And what father doesn't want to spend time with his kids? Not a good one. But a good father does. A good father wants to spend time with his children. And God is a good, good Father from the beginning of time. God's desire has always been to walk with those that He made in His image, right? That's been His goal from the very beginning, why He created. Here we go, Adam and Eve. Check out this picture of Adam and Eve. Yeah. Just like that, somebody was there with a Polaroid. There was a third person. Polaroid shot. Well, not really, you know all that. But God's desire was a relationship with Adam and Eve, right? So He makes Adam and Eve. 
And uh, he walks with them. He, he makes them to do what? To rule over things, to rule over stuff, to rule over the fish of the sea, to rule over the birds of the air, to rule over the livestock, to rule over wild animals and all the creatures, to rule. So man's created to be like God, to rule, to have responsibility, and then also to have relationships. So Eve is created to be Adam's helpmate, right? Because it's not good for man to be alone, right? He needs a relationship. He needs other people in his life. And then we know what happens, right? They're in the garden and they sin. They eat from that tree. And everything about what was created is now broken. But the, the most important thing that was broken on that day was the relationship that they had with God. Everything else is secondary. The, the, the walking with God, the relationship with God, the most important thing that, that they could ever have, that we could ever have, was broken. Why? Because God is a relational God. Check out verse 8 of Genesis 3. Look what it says, verse 8 and 9. It says this, Then the man said to his wife, this is right after they sinned, the man said to his wife, uh, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from him, from the Lord God, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? Just think about that. I mean, this is not like the relationship that we have with God. We know God is spirit and we communicate him in, in a spiritual way. But this is an intimate relationship that God has with Adam and Eve in the very beginning, the original relationship of God and people. And God is viewed in this verse as walking in the garden on the cool of the day. That's just like so relational, right? It's like they're in the garden, they're chilling out, God's in the garden walking with them, and they, there's this, this, this very natural, honest relationship that they got going on. And, and then when they sinned, sinned, it says they hid from God, like they ran off and hid in the bushes, like, like God can't find us, right? Because God was always just right there. It was a relationship that they had. And then God calls to the man, like, where are you? Like almost like, you know, you go out and you call your kids like it's time for dinner. Come on in. It's time to eat. It's this relationship that was going on back then when God first created Adam and Eve. It was about a relationship. It's about a relationship. And that's what's happening or should be happening in prayer. It's about restoring and coming back in connection and building and sharing with God your heart and your your, 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 your dreams and lining yourself up with him as he speaks to you and you listen. Oswald Chambers said this, the point of prayer is not to get answers from God. It's not to get answers from God, but to have perfect and complete oneness with God. That's the point of prayer, is to have oneness with God, not for God to go off and do our to-do list to check off all the things we need and want. He already knows you need and want those. You don't even have to say it. He knows. Our focus in prayer should be deeper than that. It should be way more than that. In fact, you are the answer to most of your prayers. We are the answer to most of our prayers. Right? Us going and doing, carrying it out. Right? The least of these. Go. It's an intimate relationship that God wants. He shares a love relationship with us, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why did he give his only son? Because he loves you. 
It's a love. There's love there, like real passionate love for you as a person. He extends forgiveness to us like a friendship, right? First John says he is faithful and just, will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why? Because he forgives. He's, he's that kind of God. He wants to have a relationship with us. He, he wants to have a friendship with us. John 16, 13 says, Greater love is no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. This is what God has done for you and for me. Why? Because he wants to share in a friendship relationship with us about this relationship that God wants to have with you. That's what it's about. There was an emperor in Rome. His name was Frederick, Emperor Frederick. He ruled the Roman Empire Empire in the 13th century, and he wanted to know, he wanted to do this really crude, rude experiment, uh, but he wanted to know what uh, mankind's original language was. And the way he went about this he took um, brand new infants, just born, a handful of them, and he put them in a room all by themselves. And nobody who went in there to care for them could talk to them, not a word. And what he was thinking would happen was they would at some point begin to speak the original language of mankind. And what happened was they all died. Pretty rude, crude experiment, wasn't it? The point is, they needed relationships. They needed relationships, and that's what happens when we don't have that kind of a relationship with God, is that we die. We will die. We will die separated from God. Prayer is not about, or or prayer is, prayer is about the most important relationship in eternity. Prayer is about you spending time with God. That is why we pray, so that you get in connection with God and you hear God. Why pray? Why pray? One, to get lined up, to get our will, our free will lined up with His plan and His will. And as we seek His face, And yes, we intercede for other people and we lift people up to Him. We do that, but we also should be spending time just letting the Spirit of God speak to the Spirit of God that is in us. And let those two communicate and then God will bring you in. He will read you into what He's doing. When I look back at what God has done in my life, most of it I was like oblivious to. I, I had no idea this was going on. I was just trying to follow God, just be obedient to God. And it wasn't until later, and maybe you can identify with this, it's later on that you look back and you go, wow, man, God has worked in my life. Why? Because it was the Spirit of God in heaven communicating with the Spirit of God in me or in you, and, and you kind of figured it out later like this is what God was doing and I was just trying to like live in obedience to him as I went some of the time most of the time fully unaware of what it was he was really doing but later realizing this is what he's up to see the spirit of God wants to speak to the spirit in you and it's our job to like in prayer get our flesh out of the way just let our free will surrender to his will And the second thing is, is really just to grow in a relationship with him. He's father, he's creator, he is God in heaven, and he wants to walk with us. He wants to like walk with us on the earth as we go about our lives. He wants to be a part of that. And when all we do is come and talk to him and walk away, we're like a little child just babbling on and running off. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for us to to sit down and get quiet and just say, God, speak to my heart. God, speak to the spirit that is in me. Guide me. 
Lead me. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we... We've opened your word. We've seen all these truths about what prayer is. And Father, I pray that I pray that you would speak to our hearts in such a way that we would get we would get it as far as what you're trying to do in us when we bow our heads to pray. That it would be less about us and what we would like and a whole lot more about seeking what you would like and then lining up with that. And we know that that's going to be a task. Father, it might even be why we don't do it because it's not as concrete as the list that we have that we give to you. It's a little more fluid. It's a little more struggle. There's a lot of battle with this because it's us trying to surrender our will to your will. But I pray that you would help us to do that. That the reason we would pray is is just to know you. Just to be obedient to you. You are the authority. We are your, your children. We are your servants. We want to submit as much as we possibly can, God, to you. So I pray you'd speak to our hearts and change our prayer life. Help us to seek you with all our heart. To follow you with, with all our life. To surrender you in everything we do. God, we love you. Forgive us when we don't. Lift us up and help us to try again, God. We love you so much. Thank you for, for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your patience with us today. We just want to be obedient to you. We just want to do what you want. We love you. We want to please you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray.